we, as a Pentecostal church, we have some practices. But uh, you have accepted it. But some people may not know, may not understand exactly what we are doing, or they may have question mark, questioning whether what we do is correct or not. So there may be people who are new. They want to come and worship in this church. But when they come, they realize, they, they think that, hey, you guys are a little bit extreme. So I am not too comfortable in this place. So maybe I'll go and look for another church. Okay? So this morning, we want to learn from the scripture to understand our Pentecostal practice, but also to fine-tune some of the areas that we may have uh, 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 gone a little bit uh, 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 extreme you know, uh, in the eyes of people so that we know what we should do. We're going to pray right now. Uh, can you turn to your Bible to 1 Corinthians 14? Because we're going to look at it verse by verse. Father, we look to you this morning. We need your revelation. We need your understanding in order to know your word. And Lord, we pray that you will be our teacher, Holy Spirit. You will open our eyes so that we can truly understand and able to teach others, able to instruct others in a way that you will have us to run our meeting. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. One of the key, a very essential key to understand this passage in 1 Corinthians 14 is that we must read it verse by verse in its order. Okay? If you do not read 1 Corinthians 14 in its completeness from verse 1 onwards, but you jump to the verses further down and try to understand, you will be confused. You will not be able to truly understand what is correct and what is not correct. Okay, so that this you've got to be clear. You've got to read it from verse by verse, and follow all the way down. Our church is a Pentecostal church. Okay, I don't like to call it a denomination, even though we are in the eyes of, of the people, uh, in terms of uh, easier to identify what we stand for. Okay, so we just call it, you know, Pentecostal uh, uh, church. Okay, so the First Corinthians uh, chapter 14 is followed on by uh, follow on uh, from First Corinthians twelve and First Corinthians thirteen. Okay, but it begins. Let's look at uh, this passage. Okay, I just read it. It begins uh, from here, uh, verse one. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Okay, it talks about. Gifts in chapter uh, 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then it talks about the motivation that we use those gifts. It should be love. Okay? Love. You know, not just power, not just uh, doing a work, but why do you do it? You know, you do it, you minister to people because you have love within your heart. So 
It follows from here and say, follow the way of love. And eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So some people say, oh, the Bible says the greatest is love. If we have love, we have everything. That is not true. Because even though if you have to select love and gifts, love will be better, right? In a sense that if you have gifts, you have no love, you know, it's just an outward thing, okay? But if you have to choose, but we can't choose. The two must work together. Love and gifts must work together. That's why it says here, you seek after love, but also you eagerly, desperately desire spiritual gifts. Because there are situations where we have tremendous love, but we have no power. We have no skill. We have no ability to help the person in need. Right? Somebody like the lady who came the second night, she was fourth stage cancer. No matter how much love you have for her, but if you do not have the power, you do not have the gift, you can't help her. Do you understand? So that's what the scripture is telling us that we have to eat, uh, seek after love in what we do, but we've we got to have desire spiritual gifts so that we have the power, we have the ability to be able to, to, to help somebody. Okay, so, uh, we're going to look at verse 2. The purpose of my teaching is this. We want to understand whether it's alright for us to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues, uh, uh, in a meeting, in a public meeting like this. And how do we do it? Okay, this is what I want to, us to understand. Okay, verse 2. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Okay, so first of all, we understand in this following section, later on you will see better because uh, to save time, we did not read it uh, all the way through, but I would, I'm going to take you verse by verse. So this particular portion from verse 2 onwards is talking about our private prayer in time. Okay, when we pray, he says we, uh, uh, we do not speak to men, but to God. So can you see? We are praying to God. Tongue is a prayer language that we use to pray to God. So when we pray in tongue, when we pray in tongue, we don't understand what we pray. But God knows. God understands. Nobody needs to understand because I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to God. Okay, so we do it in, in a private setting. We are talking to God. But I'm talking mysteries. Because I don't understand. Because I don't know how to pray. So I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me to pray. So I'm praying things I don't even know in my natural understanding. Okay? But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Okay, so there is a, the gift of prophecy, the purpose of, of the gift of prophecy being mentioned. But that's not my focus. But you know this verse is talking about that. Next verse. He who speaks in a tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. 
so just now we mentioned that when I pray in tongue, nobody understands. So there is a question people often ask. They say, if you don't understand, why do you pray? What is the, what's the point? You don't understand. So this, the Bible tells us that when I pray, later on you realize, when I pray in tongue, it's my spirit pray. It says when I pray in tongues, I edify myself. I build myself up. In what area am I building myself up? Not in my mind, because my mind has no understanding of what I pray. So it doesn't benefit my mind at all. But my spirit prays. So it is building up my spirit man. Okay? So can you see why it is so important that we should pray in tongues? We should pray a lot in tongues. Because the more I pray, the more my spirit man is being built up. Everything, the success of my life depends on my spirit. It depends on the strength of my spirit, man. You know, that brings forth the thing. Okay, so uh, some of us, we, 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 we know how to speak in tongues. We just come to the meeting when, 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 when uh, uh, we speak in tongues, then you, you, you speak a few words. But in your own private devotion, private prayer to God, you hardly use a tongue. Do you know it has no benefit to you? Because, remember, I talk about deposit. If you save up money, you just deposit a little bit. You just have a little bit. Okay, do you know it's insignificant? It's, it's as if you, ha- you have none. It doesn't make any difference. But when you continue to deposit, deposit, continue to build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, something takes place. Right? So that's a principle. That's why we need to pray in tongue very often. Okay? One of my friend, pastor friend, he commented to me. He said, down to the years, you seem to be able to, to, to continue to receive revelation, continue to keep that freshness in your preaching and so on. He said, I think it's because you always pray in tongue. Okay, that's his comment uh, uh, to me. Okay, so I believe that is so. I believe that is so. Uh, because even though it doesn't benefit my mind when I pray in tongue. But my spirit is being activated. Do you understand? So my spirit man becomes stronger and stronger and, and being activated. So when I come to read the scripture, revelation comes. Because my spirit is already activated. But if I hardly pray in tongues, I come and read, I only have my mind. I only have my mental uh, uh, skill and, and, uh, uh, to understand the scripture. Just like any other preacher, just like any other teacher. You're just functioning on the level of human uh, uh, mind uh, that, that you have trained yourself up to. Okay? So, so it doesn't benefit you directly in terms of understanding. But when you do that, when you read the scripture, because the spirit is the spirit of truth, he will lead us into all truth. That's what the scriptures say. So when you pray a lot, then when you read scripture, you can, the scripture will come alive because you can see things that otherwise you cannot see. Uh, okay, and then he talks about prophecy edifies the church. Later on, we're going to understand that, uh, uh, the reason. Why prophecy uh, edifies the church? Because prophecy is in a language we can understand. So when it 
When you can understand, then it edifies you. When you cannot understand, it doesn't edifies you. Except the, the spirit man, right? We're being built up. It, it builds up our spirit man. So that is important, right? But it doesn't edifies my mind. Okay? So we need to understand what we are doing. Okay, let's look at the next verse. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have, have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be edified. Okay, so he says here, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. It tells us that every one of us can speak in tongues. It is wrong to say that, oh, God gave to some people tongue, He didn't give it to me, so I, I don't speak. No. Paul says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. That means every one of us can. Otherwise, he would say, you know, some of you will, will be able to speak, some of you won't, because you won't receive it, because God won't give to you, but He will give to others. No, he doesn't say that. He said, I want every one of you to speak in tongues. So every one of us can, can speak in tongues. Okay? So if, he, if, if he's in your mindset and say, well, it's not for me, no. Break that mindset, that lies. Okay? So when I speak in tongues, I edify myself. This is very important. Why? Because if I'm not edified, I'm not built up, I can't help you. I can't build you up. I can only give to you what I have. So can you see? People say, oh, tongue is not important. Tongue is the smallest gift. Well, it is, is, is it small? If it builds you up, if it helps you and releases you into ministry because now you're built up, it is not small. It is very important. That's why Paul said, I want every one of you to speak. Okay, but Lahotasona I would rather have you prophesy because he will prophesy, edifies uh, 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 the church is greater than he who speaks in tongues. So what Paul is teaching us here is don't stop at the level of just edifying yourself. Go on to the level where you edify the church. So that's why he wants us to prophesy. I wish that every one of us could prophesy so that we can minister to others in a way that people can understand. So if I am able to not just build myself up, but also edify others, then I'm stronger, I'm greater than someone who can only minister to themselves and build themselves up. Yeah, this is what this verse is saying. Okay, right, let's move on. The next verse. Now, now, just now I mentioned there's a key to understand this passage. Uh, the, the, one of the key to understand this passage is you've got to read it in its chronological order. Now, brothers, if I come to you, okay, that's your key. That's your first key written in the scripture. The other key is what I uh, read into that. Okay, so... Uh, if you can, you just mark this one. Now, brothers, if I come to you. So, you see, I like the English version. It says, now. The f- first few verses was just like an intro to what he wants to say. But now, okay? So he changed his tone. He changed his, uh, uh, his, uh, uh, what he wants to talk about. It's no longer private use of tongue. 
but public use. Okay? Right? So let's look at it. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I do to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy uh, or words of instruction? Uh, okay? This is in, in, in a setting. So, he's saying, if we just come together and uh, uh, if I, as a pastor or preacher, I just, just talk in tongue all the time. Nothing else. Just talk in tongue. It's not going to benefit you at all. Because you don't understand. Neither is going to edify your spirit because it's not your spirit that's speaking tongue, it's my spirit. Okay? So this is what he's talking in a public meeting. So from now on, verse, verse 6 onward, is talking about in a public meeting. So when you read it, you read it with this understanding. Okay, verse 7. Uh, okay, because of time, can, can I just go fast on this one, not say too much? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as a flute or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligibly words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. And if then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. Okay. So, the summary of these few verses is telling us every sound has their own meaning, but you've got to understand it. Right? If it doesn't understand, if you do not understand, it has no, no benefit to you, but they do have meaning. So, what it's trying to say is even when we speak in tongues, other people, well, we don't understand what the, the other person is speaking, it still has meaning. It doesn't mean that it's no good. It doesn't mean that it's, 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 it's nothing. Okay? It still has meaning. It's just that I don't understand. So this is a summary of these few verses. Okay, let's look at verse 12 now. So it is with you. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. So remember, we are to seek after love, we are to seek after spiritual gifts, especially in a Pentecostal uh, charismatic church uh, we, we want that because we know the importance of both so our mindset is always we have to go beyond just self-edification we, just, we need to keep pressing on to, to edify the church I want to put it to you that when we come for meeting if you just come for meeting because you are Christian you just want to worship the Lord that is not good enough you come for meeting. Every time we come together, we come with the desire how I can build up the body of Christ. That's a goal. That's a purpose uh, beside worshipping God. You know, I come with the purpose of edifying the church. That's why I want to excel in the gifts that builds up the church. So when you come with that kind of attitude, you are prepared. You are prayed up. You have spoken in tongues because you have been building yourself so that you can edify the church. You seek after God before you come. You already receive. 
something. You know, I know in a in a big uh, meeting like this, maybe it's not possible for you to exercise that kind of gifting. But in a cell group, definitely you need to do that. In a cell group. So when you gather together, you gather together not just for social. You gather together with the intention of edifying the rest of the people. So you go prepare so that you can edify. Okay? So this is the right kind of mindset, including coming to to the, the church in, in this kind of meeting. Okay, we want to pray up, we want to build up, so that when we come, we are ready to edify others. Okay, next verse. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. So, for this reason, for what reason? That I may edify the church. Okay, that I may edify the church. Remember, this is talking about in a meeting, not privately. In a meeting. Okay, so it tells us that when we who speaks in tongues, we have the potential of being able to exercise the gift of tongue and the interpretation of tongue. Remember, the gift of tongue and interpretation of tongue, the gift of tongue is different from the prayer, praying in tongue. That's a prayer language that you talk to God. But the gift of tongue is you're bringing forth a message with interpretation so that the church can be edified. So it's a two different thing here we're talking about. Okay? So, but when we are speaking in tongues, we want to pray, God, let's move me to another level so that I can edify the church, so that I can pray in tongues, uh, 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 have a gift of tongue, and also interpret so that the church can be edified. So it tells us we can. We have the potential. So let's pray. Let's desire to, to edify the church. Next verse. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful. So pray in the Spirit is your spirit prays. Right? Okay. So what shall I do? Another key. Key number two. What shall I do? What shall I do? So he's asking the question, what shall I do? Because when I go to the meeting, if I speak in tongues, people don't understand me. It doesn't benefit them. So now what shall I do? Okay? This is key number two. Remember, in a public meeting, right? Not private, in a public meeting. Let's read it. I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. So, it's like, so, so in a meeting, what, what shall we do? I'll pray in spirit, pray in tongues. I'll pray in my mind, with my mind. Pray in understanding, in English or other language that I know. Okay? I will also sing with my spirit. I will also sing with, with understanding. Okay? So, pray in the spirit is praying in tongue. Right? Pray in understanding is praying in English or whatever, whatever language you use. I do both. Okay? I don't say because people don't understand. So, I, in a meeting, I cannot speak in tongue. He said, I do both. I pray in tongue, I pray in understanding. I sing in tongue, I sing in understanding. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen to your thanksgiving since he does not know what you are saying? So you see, it's in the context of a meeting. Somebody listen to you. Remember? From now on, it's in the context of a public meeting, not private. Huh? So, you know, so when you do both, it's in the context of a meeting. 
right? So we do both so that people can, can join us to say amen in what we pray. Uh, uh, you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified, okay? I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. When does Paul pray so much in tongues? The, the, the meaning of this is, I pray in tongues more than all of you pray in tongues at together. That's what Paul is saying. Think about it. I don't know how many people in that church in Corinth. He said, I pray in tongues more than all of you pray in tongues at together. So that means in private, Paul prays a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in tongues. But not so, in, so much in the public. But in private, he prays. Uh, this tells us we've got to pray more in tongues. Why? Look at Paul. How come he's so powerful? How come he's such a great apostle? How come he has so much revelation? You know, he prays in tongue a lot. Okay, Satyu, verse 19. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in tongue. You see, that's where confusion comes in. Because people begin to look at this verse, they forgot what they have read earlier on. You understand? You pick up this verse and you say, hey, Paul says in church, I would rather speak five words of understanding than speak 10,000 words in tongue. So church, we shouldn't be speaking in tongue. Is that the right interpretation? Is that the right interpretation? Is that what Paul is teaching? In church, we don't speak in tongues because we rather speak five words of understanding. So let's speak more understanding so that uh, people can, can be edified. Is it what, he, what, what the interpretation of this was? If you pick it up without referring to what has been said earlier on, that would be the conclusion. That's where it's wrong. Remember, he has already said, I will do both. I will do both. Remember? He said that. Right? So now he's telling you, he's emphasizing. Because this church in Corinth, they, they have already gone overboard a little bit. But he's not saying, hey, stop, you've gone overboard. Let's, let's get rid of this. No. He's trying to bring them into order. Even though they have gone overboard. What is good was not uh, properly used. But he just needs to bring them in order. Some people just react, oh, because... That, that thing has gone out. They, they want to throw everything out. No, Paul is not saying that. But he's trying to emphasize in church. Our purpose, our emphasis is to edify the church. Not personal edification. Right? Uh, but edifies the church. Uh, you do a personal edification in private. Uh, the next verse. Brothers, stop thinking like children in regards to to evil be infants, but in your thinking be adults. So he's saying, hey, concerning spiritual gifts, don't be infants. Don't have such superficial understanding, uh, uh, elementary understanding concerning spiritual gifts. You need to understand this spiritual gift. So I trust that today, after these lessons, you will have a better understanding of the use of these different things, uh, the, the gifts. Okay, let's move on. Verse 21. 
In the law is written through men of strange tongues and through the lips of foreigners I will speak to these people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the law. Okay, we need to stand, stand up now. Verse 21 to verse 25, we read together. In the law it is written to men of strange tongues and to the lips of foreigners I will speak to these people, but even then they will not listen to me, says the law. Tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for believers, not for unbelievers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and some who do not understand or some unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secret of his heart will be laid bare, so he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Okay, so verse 20, uh, verse 21, 22. It says tongue is a sign for unbeliever. If tongue is a sign for unbeliever and you cannot speak in public, how can it be a sign? You understand? On the day of Pentecost, the believers, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in tongues. So God uses their tongue to speak to the unbelieving Jews that gather in Jerusalem. It was a sign to them. Even though when they speak, these people say, hey, they are drunk. That means they were probably filled with the Holy Spirit. They are not behaving themselves in a very respectable, orderly way. Drunk. But it was a sign. It draws their attention. What's happening? What are they? Who are these people? And so on. And so they begin to listen to the Word of God. It was a sign to them. So sometimes people come into our meeting, right? When... When we do it appropriately, people may not understand. But because we don't do it from, from A to Z, do you understand? Certain parts we do it. People may not understand, but they listen. They say, hey, what, what are you guys talking about? And then you can share with them, hey, this is praying in the Spirit. This is God's gift. And you can talk to them about spiritual things, about Him, the person having a spirit. You have a spirit just like me. So our spirit men need to come back to God, need to be united with God because God has created us. So you can, it's a sign to them. But what do we do? We have to be considerate when we pray in tongues. Okay? We have to consider others because they do not understand. So we have to be considerate of them. Not meaning we don't do it, but we have to do it appropriately. Okay, so I hope that now, we're trying to fine-tune our worship, what we do. Okay, so I've been telling the worship leaders. So when we are worshipping, I, I do not want our worship leaders all together holding the mic. We all speak in tongues at the same time. Okay, because to some, it's, it's a bit too much, right? So the leader or myself, when I take over to lead, let the person who, uh, uh, if I want to speak in tongues for a little while, I'll do it. Okay, but the rest of you, because I'm when I do that, when I'm praying, praying in tongues before I pray in understanding, or pray understanding and pray in tongues, uh, 
a lot of times I'm inviting you to join me in prayer. So the, the worship leaders or the others, what I want you to do is to because I don't want to uh, you to feel oppressed that you can't do it because you really want to, you know. But just put down your mic and pray in tongues. Because the congregation are also praying. I hope you're joining me to pray without the tongue, uh, without the mind. Okay, I'm leading, so I I'm just sort of leading you in that way. So I hope you will join in. Okay, so so can you see? Uh, there are times, yes, maybe we go into a very aggressive prayer because somehow the Spirit of God is leading us into a warfare kind of situation, right? So we give room for that. It's not that it's wrong, but we give room for that because we're entering into warfare, okay? But there are times, you know, we're praising God, we're giving thanks to God, we don't need to shout, we don't need to, you know, we, we're just inviting everybody, let's join in, let's pray in spirit, let's give thanks in the spirit, let's sing in spirit, you know, we're inviting people to come in. Okay, so we, we want to bring in this part, considerate about what others are going Okay, so when it says the unbeliever, there are two types of unbeliever here. It's not talking about those who just about those who do not believe in Jesus, but rather it's also include those who do not understand those who are Christian but don't understand what you are doing. So we consider we, we consider about others. So we want to make our our meeting uh, so that those who do not understand, they they will find it. It's okay. They can come and begin to learn and begin to learn and flow in eventually. Okay, let's look at the third key now. The next verse. Now, this is the third key. Third key, remember? What then shall we say, brothers? What then shall we say? Now we have talked about all these different issues, this problem uh, that could occur. So what shall we do now? It's a conclusion. Okay, this is the third key. What then, what shall we say then? Okay, can we stand up to read it again to save time because the time is not in my favor? We just carry on reading. Uh, uh. What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. All this must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret if there's no interpreter the speaker shall keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God two or three prophets should speak and the others should wait carefully what is said and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down the first speaker should stop for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the saints. Women should remain silent in the church. Just They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in a church. Did the word of God originate with you? Oh, okay, let's, let's, let's stop here. Okay, 大家请坐,谢谢. Uh, go back to the first verse that we read uh, just now. Uh, which verse? So in a public meeting, what is the conclusion? What should we do? So when you come together, every one of us said of him, a word of instruction, revelation, tongues, so on. So, you know, all of this must be done for the strengthening of the church. So remember, when we come together, you come for what purpose? 
You come to strengthen the church. You come to build up the church. You don't come just to worship. You don't come just to for yourself. You come for the body. Just now we talk about tongue. It talks about when you pray in tongue. You pray in the spirit. You pray. That's prayer language. But here is no longer talking about prayer. It's talking about the, the, the gift of tongue. A message of tongue that you are bringing. So when we speak in a tongue, when we bring a message, let there be one or two at the most three in a meeting. If some of us don't understand because we have never been in a meeting that has happened. That means somebody in the midst of a worship or something, they come forth with a message in tongue. They speak in tongue. It's a message. It's not a prayer. It's a message that God wants to bring. But that message must have interpretation in order for the church to understand. You understand? So this kind of operation, you can add the most three. That's it. You have to stop. No more. Uh, there must be order in the sense that you have to wait for the other person to finish and then you, 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 you follow on. Instead of saying the other person is speaking with a message in time, you also have a message. You also start talking. No. That will be disrupting and, and unorderly. Okay? So it's a gift of tongue or, or messages in tongue. Okay? So, so you, you, you see whether you have the interpretation of that message. If not, is there any others who know how to interpret? I uh, have the gift of interpretation. If not, then you keep quiet. You just speak to God. Okay? Right? Next, move on. Uh, this is the same thing, prophets. If a prophetic message for the church, let it be two or, or, or three. Uh, p- prophets who speak, that's it, in a meeting. Uh, but this is not talking about the pro- ministry time, personal prophecy. This is to the church, to the church, two or three. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that any, everyone may be instructed and encouraged. So these are talking about personal prophecy. Uh, everyone, individual, uh, you, that, that can be done. But to the, me- the message to the church, two or three. If, if you are a prophet, you cannot say, well, I cannot control. Right? I know there are extreme cases like, 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 uh, like in uh, Peter went to Cornelius' house. While Peter is preaching, Cornelius suddenly burst forth in tongue. Remember? Right? Uh, so there are exceptions like that. You know, when I was filled with the Spirit, it was like that. You know, the, the meeting was carried on, but I was lost in the Spirit. But suddenly the tongue just came forth. Bah! So I if you like, I interrupted the meeting. You know, I, that, that was my, 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 my control. Okay, so there are exceptions, but normally, right, the, the spirit is subject to the prophet. Okay, son, son, son. Okay, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all congregation of the saints. Okay, is it saying woman cannot, cannot come out and preach? It's not saying that here. Okay, it's just saying in those days, worship, when they come for worship, the men sit on one side, the women sit on one side, right? And the women sometimes they find it hard to understand what the preacher is saying because of their maybe their their, their educational level and so on. So it begins to start asking and talking in a meeting, right? So that applies to us today. Don't talk in a meeting while the preacher is preaching. If you have anything you do not understand, go home and ask your husband, ask your cell leader, ask others. Rather than in a meeting, you just want to know. Okay, in a meeting, you listen because that's the time you listen. Okay, let's move on. 
Did the word of God, San did the word of God originate with you, or are you the only people it has reached? Uh, uh, and verse 37. If anybody thinks he is a prophet or spiritual gifted, let him acknowledge what, uh, that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. Okay, so do not have preference. Do not interpret the way the things according to your like and dislike. Do not be so, quote, and unquote, spiritual, thinking that you are right in what you, in your ways. Okay? Because he said, does the word of God reach you? Do you understand? Only you can understand it? No. Okay? Because some people think that, no, my way is correct. I like it this way. This is... No. You understand what I'm writing to you is the Lord's command. Everything is not my opinion. You know, it's the Lord's command, all that we talked about just now. So you cannot have personal preference. I like it quiet. I don't like speaking in tongues, so I don't want to come to this church. You understand? People can talk like that. Don't have any private personal interpretation. If this is what God wants us to do, let's do it. Whether you like it or you don't like it. It's, it's not about you. It's about Him. It's about Him, what He wants to do for the church. Okay? It's the Lord's command. Commands means you obey. You cannot choose. Right? You, you, it's, it's not whether you like or don't like. If He ignores this, He Himself will be ignored. There is a great consequence of not understanding and not practicing it. So in other words, God is not going to argue with you. We shouldn't be arguing with people if they don't want to move in the, in, in the gifts or, or speaking tongues. If they don't, go, the word God is saying, if they don't want to know, leave them. They will be ignored. In, in other words, you're going to miss out on a lot of things that God wants to give it to you, but you just cannot get into it. You're, you're just being ignored. Because you don't want to follow God. You don't want to follow God's way. Uh, therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues. Continue. Oh, last verse. Oh, finish. Right, can you see? When you go in the order, there's, there's no difficulties. Right, when people pick up this verse and that verse, you find that, what, what is right, what is wrong? When you follow the order, it's so easy. Right, so that's why I've given you those three keys underlined in the scripture. I hope you can remember it. I hope you can, anybody ask you, you can show it to them and explain it to them. I hope, you understand what we are doing is exactly, well, we haven't done it 100%, unfortunately. Okay? We, we hardly have any prophecy. We hardly have any tongue interpretation. Uh, we, we are still not good enough. But, but at least what we do so far is correct. It's following what the scripture is saying. Uh, our practice is correct. Okay, let's stand up.